Want to do a show? Oh, I see. Yeah, let's do a show. Okay, good. Feels good. <laughs> Does it? We are broadcasting. Wait, oh, by the way, welcome to Hollywood Anonymous. Uh, I am Brian Irwin. I'm John Huck. Yeah, so what we're doing here is uh, broadcasting live from... Live to tape. Yeah, live, yeah that's... Well, I don't know well, why I'm saying that live. Well, I mean, because it's a, it's because you're living it. That's why. You're living true. it right now. Yes. We're at Dodger Stadium. Uh, uh, it's the middle of the afternoon. Uh, I'm here for my youngest son. He's in a Dodger camp. Once and it's again, awesome. uh, Brian's children are responsible for us getting to do cool things. That's a, it is kind of cool. It's like our best this guests is... come from the school they go to because uh, their their friends are have famous parents, and then we get to do stuff like come to here. If it was just up to me, we'd be in my living room. Yeah, there might be a Cubs game on, except it's not until five today. Yeah, so basically, just be in your living room, looking out the window across at another window that's very close very to your close, window. Very close. But right now, all my blinds are closed, and uh, my air conditioning is on because it's been a hundred degrees here. And it, it's been hot. This is day four. We, yesterday was the hottest day. Yep. I, I think it was like hundred and eight or something like that. At, yeah, at, yeah at, it got up to hundred and eleven some places. You know? we, we had uh, Tanner and I, uh, my oldest son, who was with me yesterday, along with her mother. We were hiding in the shade. We are hiding in the shade. We're in the right field bleachers. I wouldn't call this hiding but yeah we are in the well, shade. I mean yeah whatever it's an the stadium's empty like if you look up here there's maybe five people in the stands wondering why two guys are sitting there with, <laughs> with microphones <laughs> with a small child in front of them but this but if this Dodger asks, camp I'm is cool say that I'm uh, doing a play-by-play for the children yeah exactly but this Dodger camp is is cool um, I want to Tanner um, I want to ask you a question so turn around youngest guest of the Hollywood Anonymous podcast yeah. Tanner Irwin everybody we were talking about this earlier but um, what what is it like because uh, the key, just so you guys know, the kids get to actually play on the stadium. You don't play in the in the dirt. They don't let you They're touch the infield. Playing in the outfield, but that's okay. But they spend almost all their time on the field. And I was asking you earlier, Tanner, what it's like to be playing baseball and looking around and seeing this massive stadium. You want to tell John what uh, what it feels like? Uh, it's really, it's really nerve wracking. It's kind of, well because you're. Playing on this professional baseball field. That you've seen games on before. Yeah, and it's and you're. It's just hard to explain. But you 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 had fun doing it as well. I mean, you understood how unique the experience was. Yes. No. Yeah. All right. Thanks, Ten. Um, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, you can go back to watching can YouTube. Can I go now? He's like, I don't care about your. He podcast. did. He's uh, he's really good at baseball. My kids are really good at baseball, and this is That's this a good is, sport to be good at. You yeah. know, if and you're so, gonna go pro in something, go baseball. Uh, I, I would I would I would I would agree. Um, Guaranteed though, money, long years, less concussions. Less concussions. Good point. Yeah. No, and it's and it's good. I, I think um, uh, sports at an early age it has a lot to. Once you get to the competitive part of it. I think it teaches you a lot about how to deal with people in society. I really do believe that. I don't because the most I would say uh, in our baseball world, like eighty percent of the kids, because I coach my kids, so I would say eighty percent of them since I started have quit, and that's fine. You go out and you do it, and you experience it, and you have a fun experience, hopefully, and then you just kind of go, you know what? I'd rather play the piano, and that's fine. Or yeah, I'd rather read a book. Once than, people started, when I turned 14, and people started throwing, like, real mean curves, <laughs> and, like, throwing, like, 90 miles an hour, and stuff, well, not 90, but, like, 70, or whatever it was at 14, but, like, once that started happening, and I was like, eh, I'm gonna just play the guitar now. And that's, again, you, you learn that, but I think that there... And, and, I think it's competition is good. Like we shouldn't shy away no, from competition. No, 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 no. Especially and 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 it and it can show you like you know it it shows you how to be a good winner and how to be a good loser. Yeah. You know well, I mean? are, depending on who the kid is, but yes. Well, but I mean, if you should show your kids, it, like if you are have a if you're have a backbone as a parent, playing athlete athletics, playing athletes, playing athletics should teach your kids how to be gracious, gracious losers and gracious winners. You know? Yeah, but man, I'll tell you what, playing sports, um, I, I've told you this before, the apple a lot of times doesn't fall very far from the tree because no. some of these kids are at a very early age are also just dicks. Yeah. They're like straight up but like... That, but like you said, where are they getting that from? Yeah. No no kid is born racist, homophobic, <laughs> asshole-ish. It's like no kid is born like that. Those kids learn their behavior from the people closest to them. And if that's their parents, then that's what it's going to be. Yeah. So, like... You see it on Facebook. (laughs) You can see it on Facebook. You see see the effect of it on Facebook. Which is pathetic. It's it's sad, you know. But, I mean, at the same time, if you're, you know, a good role model, a good human being, I don't mean to say role model, that's that's a weird phrase, but, like, 
there are things you can do as a parent to ensure that your kid isn't going to grow up an idiot. No, no, no. I, I tell my kids... Um, and they don't one listen. simple rule is that there are going to be kids that are going to be aggressive. They're going to try to take the. They're going to try to take uh, credit for everything. They're going to. They're always going to want to think they're the best. They're going to get in your face. And and, and there's, But you just the goal is to be is to compete, but be respectful. That those that's the thing. It's okay to compete, but when you're competitive and then you just turn into a jerk. Yeah, and you're there's just no trying need to shove that. things in people's faces. Yeah. Everybody wants to win. That's cool. Yeah, you that's, should want to win. There's that's nothing a, that, wrong with that. There's nothing wrong with that. But like when you don't, because you can't win all the time. You just can't. It's not going to happen. I don't care who you are. It can't happen. So when it doesn't happen. You need to know how to react and how to and how to behave and how to not, uh, and so that you don't have to look at yourself on videotape ten years from now and go, oh yeah, oh, that kind of kind of human turd was I back then? <laughs> but everybody can evolve. You can be a jerk, grow up, and realize that, you made some mistakes. Which, and as long as you realize you made mistakes, that's the that's the key. But good chalk talk, by the way. There, uh, but yeah, chalk talk. But also, Tanner told me a story earlier about how you guys came to a Brewers Dodgers game here, and an outfielder threw him the ball threw the ball towards him as you do after the third out right an outfielder yeah, or yeah. A, a position player of any kind has the ball they're walking towards the sidelines they're walking towards the dugout they see a kid they're like oh hey here you go kid yeah rarely if ever is that ball specifically being thrown to an adult yes and yet two men reached over <laughs> grabbed the ball from yes. tanner and then laughed at yeah i bore so witness to that yes my uh if those parents had kids here, my guess is those kids would be raving dicks. Well, here's the thing about that, by the way, that culture. Have you ever come out here and, and gone in, into the outfield before a game and gone to batting practice? Uh, not uh, not As here. As an adult? No, not here. The last okay. time I was in the outfield for batting practice, honestly, was the time, the day before the All-Star game at Wrigley Field okay. when I was in eighth oh, that's grade. Cool. Yeah, okay. Yeah, okay, so here's how, <laughs> here's how it rolls. I, there are a lot of adults that are very aggressive and they try to take every single. They don't care whether there's kids there or not. They try to, like you're talking I, adult. Now we're not talking like no, a 15 talking, year old. I'm talking about like grown. A man I'm my talking age. about grown. You asked me earlier that when we go to baseball games, do I bring my baseball glove? I was gonna make fun <laughs> and if you said yeah. I did once, but I was with my kids. <laughs> right. Okay. And then I realized I didn't need it because it's not about me. And initially, I had brought the glove because I wanted it. If it was close to my kids, I was a little. I was a helicopter dad. You were gonna grab it, so make they sure didn't it didn't hit him in the face when right. they were trying to catch up. You can a, also do that with your bare hand. Right. Exactly. Which is why I don't have it anymore. Yeah. But you be surprised how many kidless grown ass men oh, are really? are in the outfield no kids and they're coming with them just snagging every single fly ball there is a guy we we every game we go to we come out to uh to do fly balls there's a guy he's there every week every time we i'm sorry every time we've been there he's been out in left field which means he looks he's there like every he, game. he looks yeah. like he's about 50 years old and he always catches a fly ball i don't know what he's doing with all those baseballs dude but he's he's kind of one of those guys that likes to get in front of everybody and and catch him. It's a weird. But, I don't but care. That's thing. It's just he, a weird did, subculture. Did you, you ever notice? Is he at the games by himself? Yeah. Yeah, like totally alone, right? Yeah. Not even with like a buddy, right? I, as far as I can tell, right? He is so, alone. So what you have there is someone that you should probably feel sorry for, right? Because that man. <laughs> not when he's stealing balls from kids. Well, I'm not going to feel I, sorry for him. But I understand. But those kids are going to grow up to have friends and to go do <laughs> things with their friends. Whereas this man at 50 clearly doesn't have any friends, most likely because he partakes in behavior such as stealing fly balls from children <laughs> at professional baseball games, which is like, uh, I mean, you might as well tie a lady to the railroad tracks and twirl your handlebar mustache. Right. Like, so one of the things, so funny that you, so you, so you bring this up, as long as we're talking, uh, we're doing Dodger talk here. We have, we have, <laughs> this is what we call in our family Dodger week, because at least one of our kids participates in this camp every year. And it's a wonderful camp. We have a great time. But we also go to a game during the time that the kids are playing on the field. So they get that experience of having played on the field early in the day. And then they go back and watch the big guys. The pros do it. Yeah, right? like it's a really what, unique experience. What they, they look at the skills that were taught to them that day and yeah. see how they're applied on the field, allegedly. And, or, I mean, imagine, John, because like, I didn't get this experience oh growing my God, up. We were no. not allowed to play on baseball diamonds as growing up as a kid. Well, so we certainly imagine. didn't go to Wrigley for baseball camp, no. I'll tell you that. No, and, and, and not, even, not even County Stadium, which was basically <laughs> a, a half Basically, yeah. It was a half barrel, and it, it wasn't exactly the, the, the Had best. Had gravel on the infield, but don't worry about it. <laughs> it, was, it was too dangerous for the children, I but we loved, can have pro games there. Yeah, I loved County Stadium. But um, the uh, um, I guess what I was saying was that so so you go and you get to watch the, you know, you, I think it's cool because the kids get to go. They're watching the pros play on the same field, and you have this shared experience with professional athletes. You're not just watching them. You're sharing right. the I same experience with them. I was just out there this morning. Yep. I know it's hot. Yeah. <laughs> yes. So... 
Um, to to uh, move forward from that was that so last week we went to the game the Brewers were in town right yeah and my wife as you guys all know uh, if you listen to the show it's successful and also mm-hmm. disinterested in anything I do which right. is fine which that is actually for helps the best. yes it maintains her successfulness but because uh, she doesn't want to get any she of doesn't, that, she that, doesn't that, none of you rubbed off on she her she doesn't she, want any of my failure I cooties don't, I don't want any of the uh, Irwin germ on me. <laughs> So, um, which is good. Most of my kids get, they got the good. Oh, yeah. They you got, got don't worry genes. guys. You're, you'll be fine. Kids. Yeah. yeah. Um, so she, uh, through her work gets dugout tickets. So the dugout club here, dugout? you get, no, 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 you get a dugout <laughs> club. So you get the, you get the, like where Mary Hart sits and like, you uh-huh. know, like where, when you see yeah. the baseball games, where you look, Tommy Lasorda sits. Yeah. So when you watch the game and like, basically you're watching the, other than the annoying guy that wears the Marlins jersey, uh, you well, see, if you saw that guy, I would expect that you would, um, I would say something. Who was the guy they took out in the Godfather with the piano string <laughs> around the neck? You just sneak up behind that dude. Is that Abe Vigoda? No, the, uh, no, no, no. Um, no, so we were sitting in the TV seats, I guess, what you would call them, because... You're on TV the you're entire game. You're on TV game. the whole the entire game. Or so, Time Warner here if you live in L.A. But, so here's here's the funny part about that story. So another one of my buddies calls me from Wisconsin, and he says, Hey, man, do you want to go to the Brewers game tonight? I got dugout tickets. Boom. And I just started laughing. I was like, no, I already we're have already them. there. So we were both going there, and he goes, Hey, well, the cool thing is, you know that one of the guys you used to play baseball with at Horlick in Racine... Um, is a coach on the Brewers now. And I'm like, no, I, I did not know that. And I felt kind of stupid. Well, And he told yeah. me, I mean, listen, it was long, it was 30 years ago. But my, my point is, like, I just didn't. And a coach, you know how many coaches are on a baseball team? It's like, are you going to look at the roster now. of the Brewers? Like, and But I should have known. Yeah. Anyway, the point was, he went on to be very successful um, at, at our high school and, you know, eventually got drafted and played in the minors. And, and then the Brewers hired him. And I think he's been with the Brewers for like 13 years. His name's Marcus Hannell. He was a freshman when I was a senior. So anyway... We Scott's like I'll text him and let oh. him let him know that we're all going to the game. Did, he, did he, you said you were a senior and he was a freshman? Yeah. All right. So and I he, asked him. I was like, was I a jerk? He's like, no. He, he said nice things about you. And I was like, oh, okay, good. I was gonna say like, did, was he like, man, Irwin was that, that Irwin guy was super cool, man. When you hear when Smoking you hear senior and, and freshman, yes, uh, it's very easy for the freshman to say. Those guys were jerks. That, yes, that's just like a because go-to. Because it was very easy for you to be a jerk and yeah. not really have, think it was ever going to come back to bite you in the ass. Right. Especially when you wanted tickets to the right. <laughs> Dodgers Brewers. Right. Well, and the good thing, I, neither one of us got tickets from him, right? right. But he was uh, super nice. So which Scott, is kind of nice. You guys were already, you already had the seats, so you weren't like, hey, man, hey, man, yeah. hey, man. Well, he, so he, when he texted him, though, he's like, do you guys need tickets? Because he doesn't know that many people in L.A. anyway. So he so gets he a get, handful. He has, yeah. yeah. Which I thought right off the bat, I'm like, okay, this dude is like straight up cool. Yeah. Like, he just wants friends at the game. Yeah. And so anyway. So we get to the game, and my buddy, out in uh, left field somewhere lost, texting me, hey, where are you, man? I'm like, I'm right here. I'm in left field catching shags with the kids or trying to catch home runs. And he's like, oh, okay. He's like, I'm going to go get a drink. If, uh, if my buddy comes out here, uh, um, you know, let him know that I'm, I'm, I'm going over to the behind uh, home plate. And I was like, uh, okay. And then he calls me. He's like, hey, I just texted him. He said he's walking out here right now. He's looking for me. So flag him down. And I was like, dude, I don't. I don't know the guy. It's going to be weird, right? Like, I all of a sudden became, like, insecure about flagging down but a baseball player. my guess player. is this dude was like, I have a computer. I'm right. going to look on Facebook and remember what <laughs> no. Brian Irwin looks like. No, no, like. he didn't. So, he, so anyway, so he comes out, <laughs> and he's standing in left field, uh, and I see him looking in the stands, and I'm like, I think that's dude. And then I just, I because we're, like, literally right up by the left field wall, and I just hear him lean to the left end of Brian Braun or whatever, and he was like, I'm looking for my buddy Scott. And as soon as I heard the word Scott, I was like, it's make or break time, dude. He Do told it. you got to Do it. You got it. Was he? Okay. Tanner's back and, uh, and criticizing my storytelling. <laughs> the, um, all right. So anyway, the bottom line is talking to somebody who's shagging flies. And I, I just go, and, and Tanner didn't know I was going to do it. Elliot didn't know. And neither did anybody around me. And I just go, hey, man, are you looking for Scott? And he goes, and he stops and he goes, yeah. And I go, I'm Brian. He goes, oh, hey, Brian, how are you? Literally everybody in that general vicinity has stopped yeah. and started staring at me and I could, could feel oh, it. Oh, Brian. Oh, yeah. hey, man. So it's not like, oh, hey, Brian, how are you? Yeah. Uh, I'm a professional athlete. Get out of my way. Yeah. It was like, oh, I know you too. It was so, and again, I wasn't looking for that. It got. It, doesn't, it just it got doesn't. weird because everybody was like, who's this guy all it, of a sudden? It has to get weird. It's going to get weird. There, yeah. there is no way to be like, hi, are you looking for Scott? Like, you can't whisper that. 
Even the guys that took a ball from me were looking at me. That's what Tanner just said. Oh, yeah. Well, we don't care about those guys. No, we don't. Those guys should have given the ball back at that point. Actually, you should have told on those guys at the guy. You should have said, hey, these guys took a ball from my kid. Okay, so I know this story is long in the two, so I'm going to speed it up. The bottom line was I told him where Scott goes, okay, I'll tell you what. Why don't you guys go to your seats, and I will meet you guys over by the visitor dugout. And I was like, oh, how cool. So we go. We grab a bite to eat. And about 10 minutes before game time, he comes out. A text, he texts Scott, comes out, and hangs there. I bring the boys over. He's like, how you doing, kids? And he's like, you, I saw you guys out there, um, you know, trying to catch homers. Did you guys get any? They're like, no. And he's like, give me one sec. Goes back into the dugout, two balls. grabs balls out of the bucket, comes over. Kids ask him to autograph me, autograph him, takes pictures with him, chats with him, talks to him about baseball. I mean, it was like... Stuff he did not have to do. He could have just been like, here are your seats. Hey, hi, hi, He could have just bye. said, hi, nice to meet you, and just talked with us, the adults. Yeah. But he took the time. And I was just like, for, I was like, I was the cool dad for a second, but then my kids realized it was more because of my buddy, not because well, of me. Well, right. But I'll say this about players and coaches and, and people within the organization of Major League Baseball that do stuff like that. Like you said, he could have just come out, had an adult conversation with the adults, said, hey, how you doing, Junior? That's enough out of you, whatever. But they know full well that they're like whether they like it or not they're all kind of ambassadors to the game yeah. right so so they go out and then they talk to cuz you're a lost cause man you aren't going to play for the brewers i'll right. be honest with you right now that <laughs> ship has definitely sailed you, you talking to tanner no i'm talking uh, to you okay, buddy you're you. talking to my son that way oh, right no now. but if tanner and Elliot decide you know at age 15 they're like you know i'm going to go for this i'm going to play professional baseball it, at least that guy was cool to them and not like i'm going to play so that i hope to get to pitch so i can hit that one guy from the brewers in the head like it's not gonna you know i mean i'm just you're 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 basically recruiting for the future when you do stuff like that when you're super cool like that so i mean it was it was just a unique experience and this dugout club thing my wife my rich wife with her connections (laughs) first of all i wish i the way i i can imagine what because i've met natalie and oh you have yeah okay but but the way you talk about (laughs) the way you just talked about it was like i picture her like now wearing a Kind of like a Cruella DeVille, no. like a fur coach. Like I bathe in gold coins. No, no, you know what I'm saying when I yeah. call her the rich wife. Yeah. She's the successful one. So the point being is that <laughs> she gets these seats. We're sitting four rows back behind the behind home plate, and you just <laughs> you just sit close, there, huh? and it's just like Natalie. The, it's just like uh, who was there? Uh, the, all the dudes from Full House with their Tanner got excited about that. Uh, what's <laughs> what's his name? The comedian Bob, um, Saget? Bob Saget was there. Oh my God! Tanner, and then the other guy that got in trouble for a second. That dude Who's was? the other one that uh, get got in trouble for a second? Oh, Dave Coulier. They, no, no, no. He's another John comic. John, John Stamos was there. Where did he get in trouble? For? LL Cool J was hanging out. The LL kids were cool really on ex- Full House. No, 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 no. <laughs> I'm just saying who else was hanging out there. Oh. Because you know at Dodger Stadium, because it's in L.A., they'll, as you know, they do the star. They, they the camera pulls up on the. On oh, always, the always, yeah, 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 yeah. That's the whole thing about here. Is Scott Boris was uh, sitting next to us. Oh, really? Yeah. Wow. The guy from Full House. Yeah, there's two of them. Uh, John Stamos. Yes, that's the John Stamos one. Yep. Yes, he was. He was sitting next to El Cool J. You are correct. And then this is when Natalie left you for John Stamos. Yeah, right. <laughs> So, but my point is, like, it's it's moments like that. You're like, this is cool. It's those perks that are cool, and you also feel like you don't belong because I didn't buy those tickets. I didn't earn those tickets. I was just given them. Uh, you earned them, buddy. Trust you me. You know what I'm saying. Well, yeah, yeah. They did a different way. But dishes yeah. and other things. But yeah, dishes, laundry, um, minivans for a couple years. I, I did earn it. You're right. Good call. Anyway, but that was cool. And it, is it, I, the reason why I'm bringing that up is because you and I were talking about. Uh, uh, off air about the perks of Hollywood. who we know, and even though you and I joke about how we're not successful, we get to kind of taste success oh, yeah. in its own way by virtue of knowing people. And I, I used to feel like uh, it's always depressing, but you know what, man, it's kind of cool. No, you know what look, I mean? It's even from very early on, like j- as I started to be a production assistant in this town, the perks became almost immediately immediate in the sense that. My first job was essentially driving Dick Gregory, Steve Martin. You know what I mean? Like yeah. uh, driving people around Aspen, Colorado. Like that was really one of my first gigs, you know. And and that to me is a perk. Like get, just getting to hear two two bits of wisdom uh, out of everybody's mouth at the festival for the U.S. Comedy Arts Festival was a, was is a perk. And then a guy I met at that festival got a job working the ESPYS one year. Calls me and my buddy Tim up, and he says, "Hey, what are you doing? Would you like to meet Black Sabbath?" Because like, that makes sense when you said ESPYs. I was like, that was my first uh, thought. I go, yes, yes, I would like to meet Black Sabbath. Uh, I don't think they're together anymore. And he was like, well, <laughs> they reunited and they're playing the ESPYs. 
and they're rehearsing today. And if you'd like to come down to Universal Amphitheater, I can get you guys in, and you can serve them food or whatever they need in the green room. Serve them food, yeah. But but meaning you can get into the green room where they are all hanging out. And I was like, yeah, 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 we'll do that. So Tim rushed home from work. We got in a van. We took. We got down there. Is your heart beating a little bit? That's got to be kind of an exciting moment. I'll never forget this because I remember Tim going. These are the perks of the business. Like Tim gave me that talk of like, this is like, we may not be successful right now. We may not have a lot of money right now. We may be struggling every day, but we're about to go meet and hang out with Black Sabbath. And not in the sense that they were like, hey, let me buy you a beer and let's tell you stories. And let's, but the fact that I got to carry this tray of bread, no kidding, just bread, (laughs) into a room where Tony Iommi's tuning his guitar, Ozzy Osbourne is hanging out, like Geezer Butler's, they're all there. Kelly Osbourne's on the couch doing homework. This is before the Osbourne's <laughs> TV show. Sharon is there. Like, it was crazy. And I, st- I go, I, I got, I brought the bread. If anybody needs anything else, let me know. And they were like, okay, thanks. And then I literally stood there in the corner and watched them all communicate and talk and then left. And then after we left, we went into the Universal Amphitheater, sat down, and watched Black Sabbath play Paranoid like four or five different times to, to sound check it. it. The only people in the amphitheater besides the few crew guys that were working the jibs and, and the soundboard were me, my buddy Tim, Sharon, and uh, Kelly. That was it. And we were the only ones sitting down. We sat four rows behind them off to the side. It was so weird but so amazing. Um, that it's, Again, you'll never forget that moment. No, I will never. And Tim, I didn't have the guts to say anything to Ozzy, but Tim was like, hey, man, uh, big fan or whatever. And he was like, oh, you know, Ozzy is. He just mumbled something. But... Uh, but it was pretty fantastic, and that that's happened more than uh, you know. Just being out here, that's happened enough times to make it that much more exciting. You know what I mean? And stuff like this. I mean, look, I wouldn't have gotten in here if it weren't for your kids playing in this camp. Right. It's pretty fantastic. But it's so unique. Again, then, and this is we're not meeting anybody famous. We're just having a unique experience of just sitting here. I was promised athletes would be on the show today. You said that they would all come up here to do the podcast. You cleared it with the clubhouse. Vin <laughs> Scully's going to be on today. <laughs> How great would that be? If, like, the next voice you hear will be Vince Kelly. Yeah, you'd have to talk to Brody Stevens about that. Probably the only guy that... Uh, do you think Vince Kelly knows Brody Stevens? Because you know Brody I, Stevens hangs out here all the time. All the time. But I also uh, have seen Brody... was so funny. I was watching a Cubs... I don't know where they were. Cubs were playing on the road, and Brody was on the fan cam. Like, <laughs> he just showed up on my TV. So I had to pause it and take a picture. I was like, this guy is everywhere. <laughs> He goes down to spring track. Well, he pitched yeah. for ASU, right? Is that what it was? Yeah, and he knows for years. He's been he's been a part of a lot of different teams, from what I can gather. And my brief conversations with him about this, he he knows a lot of guys from like minor leagues up. So they he gets to know them before they become big stars, and then he'll go and just hang out with them. Yeah, like I think he was pretty. I don't want to say super tight, but like he was friendly with like A Rod and Derek Jeter and those guys as well. And so he would go to spring training. My guess is he must have done the same thing with like Chris Bryant and Schwarber and those guys on the Cubs because he's been to so many Cubs events and Cubs games. But I mean, look. We'll have to get him on the show and ask him about it. Part of me is super, obviously, super, like, you know, a little bit jealous of, of him being able to do that. But also, I can't be jealous of a guy who put in that much work and did that much to get where he's at. Right. I've done nothing except watch games on TV. You know what I mean? Like, well, baseball is his passion, though, oh, too. Dude. And that's the and thing I, is, like, he's always around it because that's... And he can still pitch, I think. I mean, he, he, yeah, ta- yeah, he, he well, takes yeah. the mound every the once in a while. And, uh, yeah, I've seen those videos. Like, <laughs> it's pretty impressive, man. I mean, look, uh, he's, he's obviously, you know, I, I, don't, I think we're about the same age. I don't know. But, like, you know, time to be a pro in MLB has passed and he's found a lot of success as a comedian and an actor so I don't see why he would ever want to go back but but the idea that he still gets to have this be a main part of his life is is pretty fantastic and it's something that I think I would do even if you know as I get older and and whatever if I decide to have kids or not but I always think no matter what happens baseball is going to be a huge like like the way great the Grateful Dead used to take up all my summer like I was just the whole thing I would just be like oh it's summertime great I'm gonna go see as many dead shows as I can well that's what I do with baseball to a certain extent now yeah you know what I mean and now with the Cubs being good I try to I try to get everywhere I'm gonna see him in New York I'm going to, I saw him in San Francisco I'll see him on the Fourth of July in Illinois I'm I'm like I can't get enough you know. Uh, speaking of Canton uh, getting enough I, uh, <laughs> I I got back I got the the softball bug. Yeah, I, I asked you. You don't want to play softball. Well, anymore. here's it. We we've look. Brian came out. I was on a softball team for a couple of years, and uh, we needed a couple of players. And I got uh, 
Brian to come out, and, and I think he played okay. We had a, we had fun, right? You played a couple games. Yeah, with I, us. it was one of those industry leagues, right? That well, it was it was it, guys it started that, as it that. was it started as a bunch of guys that I worked with on punk the, in the art department and a couple other different shows, and I guess I was the first person to join the team. They decided to have, start a softball team at a and bar. That was it. It was just Huck. They were like they were like, oh man, if we start a softball team, and I wrote my name on a piece of paper, go I'm in, and they were like, because because there we had an awards banquet at somebody's house after a season, and they were like, who trivia question. Who was the first person to sign up for this softball team? And I, I was like, oh man, I think it was Ryan Colston. And they were like, no, it was you, idiot. And I was That's like, oh. hilarious. We have the napkin. Yeah, but so I played, you know, probably three, four years with these guys, and I played a year before that with another team. And after one, after the last season, I I played first base, and at one point I was stretching for the ball, and my knee popped out of socket, and then went back in when I fell to the ground. And then shortly after that, like the next game. Uh, I was pitching, and I almost took a ball right to the face. Which, and you know, that's next, your moneymaker. And the next day, I was supposed to... I started dumbbells. That was the deal. I was okay. starting dumbbells the next day. And, and I understand dumbbells didn't break any box office records, but it was only my second movie, and it was a big deal for me. So I was like... I thought about it, and I was like... I. I didn't move out to Los Angeles to be a professional softball player. <laughs> I don't think this is where I should be spending my Sundays. If anything, I should be writing. You know what I mean? So... I kind of I, I softball basically yeah I, I had to cut it out yeah I yeah, I I I see where you're where you're coming from I guess for me like I I missed playing some sort of sports I've played flag football and I never I never played soccer either, which was funny because I played so much soccer in my life I haven't played any any soccer soccer would be a great thing for me to get into ba- yeah and I don't do basketball at all I know there's been some, there's oh, some yeah, like, I, comedy I'm, basketball I'm leagues and basketball. stuff like that yeah. but okay so going back to what Tanner was talking about earlier. I hadn't played softball. Last time I played softball was with you, and that's got to be like four years ago. So it was now. a long time ago, man. Yeah, right? yeah. So I had I had not swung a bat a lot, and and as you know, even though softball is underhand and slow pitch, it's still a timing issue and well, getting used to where did it you is. Play that no limit arc. No, thank God, because that would have been oh disastrous. Oh that's I, that's disturbingly hard. So the first game I fill in, I just play catcher, which is totally fine. It's I don't have to do anything. Position, yep. Yeah. But I go. I I, I actually end the up hardest in, position in actual baseball is the easiest position in softball. Yeah. Yes. Yeah. So I go three for four in the first game back after playing not playing four or five years. It's not bad. They, the other team was like, dude, you hit the ball so hard. And I've always had a good solid swing. I'm not gonna. I'm, it's, it sounds like a brag, yeah, but right. it's true. But no, I'm just saying. On the back, right. showing off okay. for your kids who aren't listening. So the second time, no, no. So this, <laughs> here's the funny part. So the second time, Tanner's like, can I go with? Oh, and you're like, yeah, I went three Absolutely. for four last time. You want to see a hero? Nope. I said, I, I, he, yeah. So I go there. I got nervous because my son was watching me for the first time. He's watching me play sports ever. Oh. If you th- and think yeah. he's going to yeah, be yeah, yeah. 11 this, this gonna, year. And the, so he's going to definitely remember he, it and yeah. take it with him. Yeah. I sucked ass. I sucked. I had never oh. felt that kind of pressure to Oof. like live up to the Since expectations the last time of parenthood. Your dad came to a little league game. <laughs> yeah. I you know when I when I my, when my, my my the first time my skills started my skills had went way down and then went way back up after I moved to LA. But the last time that I played in uh, in Wisconsin, I remember my dad came to see me, and I, and I remember I just had a horrible game. I tripped over myself out in the field trying to throw a ball, and I remember going back to my dad and going, "I'm not as good as I used to be." And he goes, "No," <laughs> and I was shocked that he confirmed it. It kind of threw me. You were waiting for the uh, son. You are as good yes. as you're ever going to be. <laughs> Don't worry confirmed. about it. You're the best. But he was like, no, you're right. You're actually, you do blow now. It's, uh, <laughs> I used to be official. so good. What happened kind of thing. He's like, I so I guess that. I should go back to work then? You're not going to go pro? <laughs> yeah, so there's no more. Uh, there's no more. And there's guys that play semi-pro and pro softball that travel the United States. They're big, beer-gutted dudes that just crush softballs. I just, it sounds fun, but it's never going to happen. I mean, look, pl- playing semi-pro softball, I guess... Can you make money? You get paid? I think they have to do sponsorships. So it's it's like basically it's like amateur. So you have to get that. Uh, you have to get a class ring and sell it. Hey, it's Tony's Pizza. Uh, you're coming out here. Oh, sorry about that. It's Tony's Pizza, whatever you want to call it. Um, uh, like when I was in when I played little league, we didn't have like real teams. We had sponsorships. So it was like, hey, what team do you play for? I play for SNS Excavating. You know, right. they were like business. I played for Tony's Concrete. I played that's for, the, that's what it should be though. Yeah, I know. I get it. All right, I, uh, it's okay. Don't worry about it. It's just headphones. No, there I know. I'm just, uh, Did I screw yours up? No, yeah, yeah, we're good. All right, there we go. Yeah, no, I actually like those better than than wearing like uh, an Astros jersey. Yeah, I mean, they were all t-shirts it, too. Cool. They were never like yes. It wasn't like a jersey. It's bad you news got. bears, dude. That's yeah. what we grew up on. It should have a bad news bears vibe to it. So I, I totally, I totally dig that. By the way, 
not to change gears. I know we're doing a lot. I know this is kind of a baseball sports themed heavy. sports kind of thing, but um, I noticed that you were doing a very. I wanted to bring this up because we haven't talked about this yet. You were doing a very unique uh, stand-up show that oh, struck yeah. me yeah, yeah, as yeah. kind of cool, and and I, I want you to just share that with. Uh, it was, with everybody, because it is—it seems like a cool idea. It, it was an amazing—it's an amazing idea. It's called the envelope. Um, there are two two girls who created it: uh, Scout Durwood and uh, Carrie Ann. Um, uh, Carrie Ann. Oh man. Let's. Uh, 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 I'll get I'll get her name by yeah. the end of the show. Where's my phone? Oh yeah. Um, but uh, these two girls created the show, and then they were—they're testing it out. They're trying to make it. Um, They've gotten some network notes, like people who would say, yeah, this could be on TV if you do this and add stakes and whatever. But the premise of the show, which is, was so fun to do, but it is they pair TV writers, not stand-ups, not monologue writers, not late-night writers, but TV writers. So sitcom writers and, and movie writers and, and just guys who write TV, right? Maybe sketch writers, but not probably not so much. But uh, so they get these people and they pair them with a stand-up comic. Okay. So my, uh, I was paired with a guy named Nick Weiger, um, and he ended up not being there that evening because he threw his back out. However, he had already submitted the, the, the premises. The, stand, the, the writers have less than an hour during that one day to write their five minutes of material. Okay. So they write five minutes of material in less than an hour, one day, the day of the show. Then they give that, they email that to the hosts. The hosts then print it out and put it in a manila envelope and put the comic who they're pairing the writer with's name on the envelope. Okay. Then they bring the comics on stage and the comic is handed the envelope and then the comic has to open the envelope and read the material as if it is theirs and deliver it as if it's their so comedy. So you've never, when you're on stage, you've never seen these jokes. Nope. This is the first time you've seen the jokes. Yeah, as soon as they come out of the envelope, that's the first time the comics. So you have to also be a good reader. Yeah, you do. You do have to read. And if it was to go to television, they were saying that they would use a teleprompter, which is cool and would be easier on the eyes for the audience. Well, yeah, because otherwise your head's buried in a piece of exactly, paper. Exactly, exactly. But, but for what you're but doing, what it makes we were sense. doing, we were in the improv lab and yeah. it was. So much fun. Do you know what I mean? Like to, to, to So give me an example. So you get you go on stage. Were you nervous by the way? Unlike you a, a typical stand up set? Here's what I was as I'm going to the improv, I'm think I'm not nervous at all and I'm thinking, man, this is great. I was getting sick of just doing straightforward gigs. I'm tired of my material. You know what I mean? I'm not I haven't written anything good lately. So for me, like I need something to, to jumpstart me, you know, to get that ball rolling, get the creative juices flowing, and to feel like I'm back into it. So I was excited to do the show. I was like, this is going to be fun. I don't have to prepare. I can just go up there and have fun. And then I got there, and it was like a full room. And, and like they did an example. Like the, basically, the hosts, uh, Carrie Ann and uh, Scout, did. They went on first or whatever, and Scout read material from somebody else, and I was then I started to get nervous. Then I was like, "That was really funny. She was really funny. She delivered this material she'd never seen, and it was really funny." Like, I, I was kind of, and, and the material was interesting. It wasn't like I honestly thought it was going to be, "What is the deal with white people?" Do you know what I mean? Like, or just people writing. Like, the idea isn't for the writers to to screw with the comics or right. make them look bad. Okay, it's it's like. But but what happened with my guy, Nick Weiger, obviously plays this video game that I know nothing about called okay. Hearthstone or something. Sure, if you say so. Yeah, exactly. So there was a good solid chunk of paragraphs dedicated to ranting about this game, which came across as very funny because, one, it was apparent immediately that I didn't know half the words I was saying because they were from this video game. And like four tables of people who were obsessed with the game couldn't stop laughing. Like I was like, oh, we got a table of nerds over here. Right. We're really enjoying this. But like, you don't, you try not to stray from what they've written. I was just going to ask you, so you're not allowed to um, at, at improv. One, you, you, at one point I, I said, he was like, I went to a funeral and this guy read the Cowboy's Prayer and here it is. And I just went, you lazy mother. Because <laughs> I thought he had just written out a prayer he had found and then I was going to have to read it. You know what I mean? Right. So I was just commenting that way, but not, I wouldn't stray. And I, I would pretend it was my material. I forgot that I was supposed to say my name instead of his name. Okay. Because when I open up, I go, hi, I'm Nick Weiger. Uh, you know, but that wasn't right. I did that wrong. But the good thing is that's part of the comedy, right? So the mistakes can also be a part of it. Can be tied into the comedy as well, correct? Yes. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Look, the whole thing was funny. Everybody went up. Did, it was really funny. Uh, and then at the end, they have to like, 
that you vote for who won. The audience votes for who oh, okay. won or whatever. So How long has it been going on for? That was the first one they did. Oh, okay. It was the first live one they did. Uh, You're so tied into this this industry now, uh, man. Honestly, I'm seeing you on all the cool shows. Honestly, no one calls me. No honestly, one calls me. Here's the deal. I used to do, host a show called me. Problems with Alcohol at the Bar Lubitsch, which was a lot of fun. I would, It was like created by these other guys, and these guys had Scout had another show going where Scout was on, so I came out to see that show. I don't know if you know Scout Derwood at all. I don't. Okay, by, by the way, see that? And there's a uh, Washington Nationals player. They always come out, and they, they, they'll exercise before games. It was nice. He actually was started talking to one of the kids playing ball out there. Oh, yeah. But again, that's the... That's one of those, I don't know who it is. You can just tell because he's young and, he's wearing, and uh, all he's wearing all national stuff. But yeah. I do, did you ask me if I know Scout? I yeah. don't think I do. Well, she's really funny and very creative. And her and Heather Ann did an amazing job of, uh, uh-oh, we almost had a collision. <laughs> Could Two you imagine? almost <laughs> ran into a player. How'd you break your ankle? <laughs> I, two nine-year-olds <laughs> smashed into me in the wall. <laughs> At Dodger Stadium. <laughs> Could you imagine? All right. So, uh, um, But anyway, they're both very funny. Heather is a writer, and Scout is a performer. She does burlesque. She plays the ukulele. She sings. She does jokes. She does She does a lot. Okay. She, and she acts. And she, I guess she's on a show on MTV right now. But, okay. But they're both su- super talented, and Scout hit me up because of our mutual connection that we had through these other shows we had hosted. So, sure. So I think that was where that came from. But okay. Like, it was super cool of her to even ask, you know, especially finding out that it was the first one. You know? Yeah. So yeah, no, you're uh, perfect for that kind of stuff, though. So well, I mean, I think you just have to be willing to kind of look foolish. You know what I mean? If it comes down to it, and not take yourself so seriously. Correct. And and have fun. I mean, it doesn't it doesn't work if you pump the jokes. It doesn't work if you shit on the material. Do you know what I mean? Like, yeah. you have to deliver that as if like I'm mad about this video game that I don't know anything about. Right. And it's funnier that way. It's it's always like like it goes back to Laurel and Hardy, the comedy laden, how sincere. How serious Oliver Hardy would be at this f- tragedy that wasn't even a tragedy. You know what I mean? So right. it's like that kind of humor to me has always resonated. And if if you're not gonna if you're not gonna get into it, then there's no point in doing it. Right. Yeah. So I mean that that's cool that you did that um, that My, type of show. And I and here's the thing. And you and I are both kind of on the same page. It's we both primarily enjoy writing our material and going to a traditional stand-up show. And doing traditional stand-up comedy because both of us, we the similarity we both have is that our comedy comes from our lives, yeah, and it's it's very personal. Yeah. But I actually, every once in a while, it is great to see a unique style of comedy form and be creative, created. And I, I think that sometimes that keeps it can keep it fresh. I think for performers too, the, and it's yeah, just, it's, it's and, a different muscle that you get to exercise. And in LA, I can't speak for other cities, but there are an abundance of hacky theme shows do you know what i mean there are there are shows that are like and then we all get up and do this and you're like well, this is terrible like but this one i wouldn't even call it a theme show but it's like it's definitely not just straight stand-up but i it's such a great like if i was president of a comedy network mm-hmm. i would go after that show immediately because it brings comedy writers and stand-ups together and at the end the writers come up on stage you get to see them like i don't know there's a lot for me that was this guy's decided to run inside the chairs. No, no, he, that's another one. Oh, that's oh, another guy. They all look the oh. same. <laughs> Apparently, all baseball players look the same. Just to the you. Nationals. They have a bunch of clones. Um, but yeah, so I mean, this is something that I would like to see on TV. You know what I mean? I have no stake in it making money or anything, except that maybe they'd have me on as a guest. But I just think that it, it's just something that would be entertaining. I mean, watching like you know established comics do material they just got is there's something funny about that. Yeah. I don't know. I would be very entertained by it. Uh, yeah, no, I, I agree. I, um, my weekend was, was uh, going back to an earlier discussion was me awkwardly being uh, at two parties in the same evening uh, with a lot of people that um, our listeners have seen uh, throughout the years in film and television. And it was just, it was just again, it was those silly things where, and you know, I, I made a point, I knew, because I had, Aaron had her 40th oh, birthday party. Oh, this week, that was this weekend? Yeah, Aaron had her oh. birthday party, but there was also another Former event guest. at our, at our um, who, once again, congratulations to her for being on the... Um, Full Count Podcast, or the, uh, oh my God. Yeah, I yeah, yeah, um, uh, for being, she got her new TV show with, uh, what's his name? Kevin James. Kevin James, yeah. Remember how I said I auditioned for it but didn't get it and you got yep. mad at me? No, why did I get mad at you? You were like, stop. You're trying to steal no, her thunder? Stop trying to steal thunder. Uh, yeah, so there was a lot of there was a lot of parties uh, uh, all in one night, and I ran into Charlie Day. And the cool thing about oh, the Charlie, Charlie Day, Day thing, I was I chatted with him for a little while. Um, I can't remember if I ever discussed it with the. Well, they have they know the listeners know that. What Philadelphia used to be always sunny used to be shot uh, in the at the Herald. So we were talking about the actual the Herald Examiner, and 
he was kind of hoping they were going to film there this year. And I, I was telling him how bummed I was that the, the set, the original bar set, was, was destroyed. And yeah. That it would have been nice to kind of salvage. He's like, well, you know, we got the other one. I'm like, absolutely. But he understood, like, yeah, you're right. There's, there's that, that one. Chatted with him. And then he goes... He goes, hold on, I just got to say hi to somebody. He turns around, and it's Mark Duplass, which I had already said I saw Mark earlier. Um, Welcome to Name Droppers Anonymous. Well, I thought that's what we were talking about. No, I'm about. just kidding. I, yeah, and, go and ahead. It, yeah, but again, yeah. my whole thing is like I don't talk to anybody too long because I always, I know <laughs> this is like bad. <laughs> no, this is just bad. I, I don't, and I know I'm not supposed to do this, so this is me being honest. I, I don't see myself at their level, so I always feel like I am not. Because I see them, they're successful. Uh, I, I told you this story before yeah. where I panicked in front of Steve Martin. I panicked in front well, of Will Ferrell. Steve and Martin I panicked. and Will Ferrell are different but than you know Mark what I'm saying. But we, no, you, you are correct, but what I'm saying is it's, yeah. a, it's a problem that I have. But then on the flip side, all of a sudden I'm talking and I see Nick Thune. Dude, I hadn't seen Nick Thune oh, in I like seven years. But he knew you. He remembered, like, yeah, 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 we yeah, did Santa for years. So, he's smooth but, like I, that, but yeah. it's one of those things I'm like, because this was a kid's thing. It was a, a preschool that we used to go to, and he goes to that preschool now, which means he has a kid and he's married. I was like, wait, Nick's in preschool again? Yes, yeah, he, went, he decided to Billy Madison. He's going to go, go back further. just for the material. So that was that. The, the, That's cool. Uh, and then the second party was... On the same night or the, two different Yes, days? so then really? I had to leave and go to the second party. And the second party was like, was uh, was just loaded with people. There was Jenna Elfman was there. Alicia Silverstone was there. What, is this Lake an animal Bell, rights party? Uh, Matt Walsh and I. I, I only I said one Matt thing Walsh. to Matt. Walsh. Oh I just I just did my thing. I'm a huge fan of Veep and all. He just said, "How are you doing?" And I said, "I'm good." I just want you to know I, I I love you on Veep. And I don't again. I this that was so hard for me to say that. But it's true. His character on Veep is, it's you you. Because because I've seen that guy in public and I've I've know people that know him I know he's not an idiot but right. for him to play an idiot like yeah. like an idiot that you believe you yeah. believe that guy walks off the the set into traffic he's so dumb yeah you, it's hilarious dude. Yep. it is hilarious and for for a guy of his intelligence and 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 sensibility to be able to play that guy is, is uh, he's a great actor man I mean that's a funny character uh, totally funny character I mean that, that show fires on all cylinders anyway I mean yeah. that's just, it's just so well done from the writing to the acting to the director everything about it Every, just, I don't like the gripping yeah. I'm just kidding <laughs> <laughs> I don't like craft service but you know again I'll, I'll stop doing the name dropping I guess what I was no, saying no, no, too no, is no, that it was interesting to me to find myself in one night around so many people in the comedy world that are well known and successful. That that yeah. was that's the thing that I, I thought was pretty interesting about it. it. Was just how cool it was to be around that stuff. I still felt insecure. Yeah, I felt like I, I had. I also simultaneously, as cool as I thought it was, I felt like I hadn't accomplished much in my life, kind of thing. And and it's just and again, get over it. Right. Yeah, Rule number I, but, one: but, get but over I, but it. But I understand. I understand what you're saying. I mean, even when I go places and I'm like with guys that are my friends, like. Friends, guys I hang out with, guys that I would call up and say, hey, let's go grab a beer, and they'd be more than happy to. I'll, I got friends like that, though, that I'm like, I sometimes it's hard for me to hang out because the conversations that go on, or I'm like, oh, you're mad because your, your trailer was too small? Oh, that's, <laughs> that's crazy. Um, I, did a com I didn't get a trailer my last commercial. I sat in the sun under a tent because it was, uh, <laughs> I, you know, I, I just don't, like, as, as, as much as I get it, like there are people that would kill to be in your position, there are people who would kill to be in my position. And they should. That that's okay. I, I it's understand fun. That, but right, but but yeah, we I, I tend to do the same thing as you is and and just kind of feel inferior when I'm around people yeah. like that, which I know is not the right attitude to have. And, no, you should never. I guess this is this is the this is the reason why I wanted to tell this story. That story was that that was a great catch. Yeah, great, great. The, the 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 lesson learned is enjoy. For me, in hindsight. Enjoy the moment. Mm -hmm. Do not assume. Do not go in assuming that you're bothering and/or annoying someone if you're being normal. Now, if your intent is to bother them well, and right. annoy them, now this is this situation. Also, these pick situations up on are social clues. If correct. you say something and you're being polite, but this person is clearly annoyed or would rather be somewhere else, let that person go. Case in point, um, uh, what's his name from Full House, whose name keeps escaping me? John not, Stamos. John how, Stamos. How do you not remember this guy. He's so like the. I start. I go. I, love I him. go to grab some peanuts. Because uh, that's what I like about the fact that um, you, when you get the nice seats, er, everything's free. Mm -hmm. So um, I went to go get, get my free bag of peanuts. Too, yes, I got my free bag of peanuts. And as I was walking back up the stairs, Stamos was leaving, and this woman's like, "Can I get a picture with you?" And he was totally nice. He's like, "Absolutely," but no one could get past. So finally, I was like, "Ma'am, would you 
like me just to take the picture so you don't have to you don't miss your moment give us your moment and I thought, yeah, yeah. you know and i could just see he had a little bit of like dude you just dragged this out 10 seconds longer than it needed to be then i was good with the selfie and i was like I, all I, I and i felt bad for the woman because i grabbed her phone she goes absolutely and i go sorry dude click <laughs> and i was like i think i just wrecked everyone's moment here Sorry, dude. And the picture comes out, and he's just like it, depressed. Pic- and the sad. picture came out. No, no, he's a, he's a pro. Yeah, he smiled. Let me tell you something. He looked like he was having the best time, right? I was so impressed with the fact that he didn't say no to anybody. He took that photo, and I'll tell you, I'll tell you what I mean by a pro. One, he knows how to glow in a photo, and that's that is a fucking skill in itself. He's John. Stables, how many shitty dude. photos have you taken? And you're uh, like, no, no, every I gave my best. single one. But you go, I gave my best in that one, and you're shocked at, at the in the end. You're like, where'd the second chin come from? Uh, yeah. So anyway, so he was. <laughs> So he, he crushed that. And I'm telling you right now, I'm not even kidding you. The minute I hit photo, that guy couldn't have been gone faster. Yeah. Like, but in, in, not in a bad way. No. In a but way that he has to keep moving. Otherwise, that guy will never. He's worked the, it out. Yeah, he, won't, he won't see a single inning in that game. Yeah, he won't go get anywhere. He won't get to talk to his friends. I mean, that, that to me is, it's is, a skill. is the one downside. So and it is a skill. I had a, a very famous comedian tell me once about people waiting after the show. And he's like, oh, I know I got because I was at the improv bar and we were sitting next to each other and people, annoying people were coming up after his set and, and trying to talk to him and hang out with him. And I start laughing. He goes, what are you laughing at? I go, I, I think it's funny how it doesn't, like, I aspire to be where you are and the same shit is happening to you that happens to me at one-nighters in, like, Wyoming. You know what I mean? Like, right. annoying drunk idiots think they're your friends because they've seen Remember when we did that stage. in Madison and my brother Joe? We dumped off those guys on my brother Joe and he got all drunk. Oh, yeah. Yeah, because they wanted to buy everybody drinks, and you're yeah. like, and you had already destroyed yourself. Yeah, I was the like, night I'm before, the week so before. So you, you were yeah. out, and it was Joe's birthday. It was my brother's birthday. Let's remember? Go crazy. And we were like, let, you know, if you guys want to buy shots, uh, this guy's my brother's partying. birthday. <laughs> yeah, but that was that, and that was we were lucky there was someone there to do that to right. because <laughs> to do that to. But you know what I mean? Like normally we would have just had to walk away, and those guys, people, and then they would have hated us. It's it's hard to explain, but people get mad at you. They do, and, it's and weird, but there, there is a fine line because you appreciate. The fact that they're excited to... I do. Um, Look, I'm to, glad you saw my comedy. I'm glad you liked my comedy. And I'm wanted to, enough wanna, to talk to you and hang yes, out with you. I man, get that. I'm glad. But instead of buying me drinks, buy 10 CDs. Do you know what I mean? Like, I don't think we were selling any of that night. No, so. we weren't. But like, <laughs> but my point is, like, I, I can't... And, and look, you have to understand that if you're dealing with like a, a serious road comic, especially, and I'm not putting myself in that category, but like a guy who every weekend is on the road, mm-hmm. that guy, I mean, unless, you know... Even 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 you even hear Doug Stanhope do it. Doug Stanhope knows how how he drinks. He's a professional drinker. Like don't buy Still? him. Yeah. Okay. Don't buy him shots of tequila in the middle of three beers and a shot of Jaeger or whatever it is. Like he's not going to do that. Like he knows what he's doing and he knows what it takes to push him over and what and how where he can stay at a, at an area that like and good for him. But like a lot of like me, I don't have that. I can't tell. So I just keep going. So I tend not to drink when I'm on the road because it's easier that way. And now people get angry with that. After a show, they're like, especially when it was harder when my act was about drinking and drugs. I was just going to say, and that, that could get dangerous, right? Because they, that's all they want to do is party act. with you. Yeah. And, 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 but, but, the, but to me, the act got so honed when I realized what a huge fuck up I'd been with my life. Do you know what I mean? Like, that's when the act got honed. Right. And that's when they were like, oh, yeah, we love it. And that's when I was like, yeah, I need to quit. That to, to, I, I cut back on drinking and I stopped being a scumbag. And that, led to me being a better comic. Right. So then to go backwards and then go drink with every crazy lunatic that wants to buy me nine beers, you know what I mean? Like, I do appreciate it. I love it. But, like, sometimes I just want a sandwich and go to bed. You know what I mean? Like, and, and I always take, like, that's one thing. If you're going to come see me, instead of offering to buy me, bring sandwiches. Bring right. Sand- oh, bring man, sandwiches. How crazy would it be if I went to the jukebox this weekend and... Somebody brought you a sandwich? But everybody brought me sandwiches well, and I had like multiple just... I think that would be amazing. It would be. If you guys are coming to the... I will be at the Jukebox Comedy Club in Peoria, Illinois you this weekend. you ever read Steve Martin's... Uh, um, June 24th, 25th, and 26th? We're not, this doesn't air. This airs <laughs> oh. after that. So that's great promotion. Guys, uh, if you can go back in, in time, time... Yeah, yeah. I thought this was going Gotta up this week. Gotta get back in week. time. It's not going up this week? Nope. Oh. Nope. The... Um, uh, I forgot what I was going to ask you now. Oh, um, sandwiches? Dennis, Steve Miller? Oh, no, Steve Martin. Steve Miller. The Steve Martin... Fly Like an Eagle? The Steve Martin thing with... Uh, um, How's that for audio? With, with, yeah. It's a helicopter landing on the field. Well, I mean, we're outside. In Steve Martin's autobiography, he talks about that night where, like, 
everything changes, you know, because he does that goofy set. And he's like, hey, everybody, we should just totally leave the room. And everybody follows him and stuff like that. Mm-hmm. And there's something really cool and really unique about that, that everybody felt so captivated and so caught up by who you were as a performer that they were all in. Mm-hmm. So I guess what I was saying to you is that it would be kind of funny if that actually happened because then everybody's all in on you. That means that you matter that much that they all of a sudden would have bring. Now, I don't want to disappoint you when you don't get your sandwiches, but you, you see right, what I'm saying. Right, 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 yeah, yeah. It wouldn't be a bad thing if that happened, I guess no. I'm saying. And it's not going to happen now because, again, unless they can get back in time with uh, right. you know, Huey Lewis in the news, it's not going to happen. My, anyway, my so. bad. So uh, anyway, I had a great time in Peoria. <laughs> what a what a city, what a town. <laughs> Birthplace of Sam Kinison and Richard uh, Pryor. And Joe Roderick. And Joe Roderick, yes. <laughs> well, I don't know if he was born in Peoria. Doesn't but. matter. You're wrecking the story. No, you're but right. But that's where most of his stories came from. Or I don't even. Know I hit. Did you hear what I did? You see what I did on his page? No. What did I, you? Well, no. I I was. He had posted on Father's Day. He had posted a picture of his dad meeting President Bush. Okay. Oh was, yeah. Oh, was, I did see that. And he was like, "Look, I'm I'm not bragging, but I'm never going to get to meet a president. So, way to go, pops." So <clears throat> then, underneath that, I start to post a link to the show and be like, "If you want to hear more amazing stories about Joe's dad, you should go to the Mother's Day episode of the Hollywood Anonymous." Which podcast. is true. Right. But then I was like, "Now this kind of people might mistake this for." me being a self-promoting jerk-off on yes, his dead Yes, which is also post. true. So I text him and I go, hey man, I just want to remind you, if you want to post it, you had some great stories about your dad on our show. I'm not trying to advertise the show, but if other people know you, know your family, they might want to hear some of that stuff. It was really good. And he goes, dude, I love that idea. Do you mind doing me the favor and posting it? Because I'm bad at doing stuff like that about myself. So I was like, yeah, great, no problem. So then I went back and posted it in a way that was not didn't tried not to be hacky. But. Oh, so you removed the other one and put? I never posted the other one. I started oh, to, and then I was like, oh, I'm going to hit okay. him up first before it looks like. Oh, I'm just okay. Like, you had a hacking. conscience. Yeah, because it was Father's Day. His father's passed away. Like, yeah. I get that. You know. Well, I mean? you'd get it because you had the same experience. Well, my dad know? didn't meet President Bush. No, but my but you dad know did want to pipe bomb the Montville well, Post Office. I will say though, your dad that that family photo that you it's, posted it is the best, is it not? You're, I, and I and I I think I said this to you on there that your dad just ma- he had Perfect at that point in his life he had he had mastered. The look. Dude, I'm telling you. He when I master the look of a father. When I watch Wonder Years, mm-hmm. when I watch um, actually the movie that probably spawned Wonder Years, uh, A Christmas Story, mm-hmm. when I watch those two movies, like those are quintessential fathers. You know, the guy who plays Mr. Arnold yeah. and the guy who plays uh, <laughs> the dad, Darren McGavin on Christmas Story. Those two guys, like they are a perfect combo of my dad. Do you know what I mean? Like <laughs> yes. that, that is a, those are dads. That is a dad from, you know, born in the thirties, forties, raised, you know what I mean? Like not super wealthy, you know, had to kind of do his own thing, join the military, just that hard, like their fathers were hard asses. Do you know what I mean? Yep. Like, like my dad w- was a wannabe hard ass almost where he was, had a soft spot and he really loved his kids and always wanted to do the right thing, but he would talk a tough game, you know, but his dad probably didn't have a soft spot and probably talked a tough game and was a tough man. Right. So it's just we're getting softer as humans, but at the yes. same time, it's a little more enjoyable to be around. Everybody but Scott Bayo is getting softer. As oh my human. God! Can you you know this? He's threatening to sue everybody. Have you seen this? No, I I I he's literally checked out on Scott Bayo after he made some. I can't remember what his comment. He said something ridiculous. He thinks Obama is a Muslim who that's is in, right. Who that's is what set it was. to destroy America as we know it. I don't know what happens to people where they just. I, listen, I don't. I'm going to go believe ahead and in party. say I, I pills? Be, I don't know. We should wrap up one thing before we get into Scott Bale here oh. real quick. And then what I was going to say to you earlier, we were, what we're, what we're, where it started and what we were talking about was um, living, you know, being a part of a moment where it's cool and not being so self-conscious, but being self-aware. Does that make sense? Like what you're saying is if you realize that you're being annoying, then just step away and, it, oh, and yeah. stop and stop before that experience, that wonderful <laughs> experience becomes a nightmare. It, it gets it, it gets soured. But at the same time, don't go in. Don't not participate because you're so worried. I mean, no one is beneath another human being. That, no. that ultimately is how we should behave. And, and we, there's nothing wrong with saying hi, hello and leaving it at that. A handshake, a or, or, backpack. Or, or, yeah, and, and I get that people don't want to shake everybody's hand, and I completely a fist understand. bump, a chest bump, but a chest bump. Hey, Stamos, how about a chest bump? <laughs> I'd rather take a picture. Um, I'd rather I'd rather sit and you paint a, fo- a picture of me. And that's the other thing. I I for everybody that I've been around, I almost have zero. I don't know who you are. I almost have zero photographs of people. Because I feel like that that's a level of invasion, and we all learned what happened with the Arnold Schwarzenegger thing for me. The little letdown <laughs> is just too hard to deal with. Yeah. So I think that the, 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 the picture thing is, you got to be careful with that one, too. Yeah, well, here's, here's what I'll say. That's just my opinion. When I was younger and we're PAing and stuff, I do have 
uh, coat. I have um, Polaroids of me and Jeff Goldblum, me and Jim Belushi, me and uh, Isaac Hayes, me and uh, a couple other people. But but those are Polaroids taken on set with a production camera. Right. And this is before cameras had phones had yes, cameras. Yes. Do you know what I mean? Like yes. there was no worry of those po pictures getting posted online. It's like, okay, this idiot has a photo of me. Who cares? Right. Do you know what I mean? But now every picture goes up and everybody in America sees everything. So it's like, yeah, maybe you aren't having a good day and you don't want to be photographed because you know that picture ain't going to just stay in their phone. Right. So like you're having a, either, you got a huge zit, you shit your pants, <laughs> whatever it is. It's like, you, you just don't want to be bothered. Like just, I, 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 this is what I'd say. I would say everybody just know that we, we all have bad days. You've had a bad day. I've had a bad day. And, and you snap and you might say th something you don't mean or you might, you know, you know, bite the head off of somebody trying to be nice to you. But if that happens to you, like I, I held a grudge against Billy Crystal because he was mean to me when I picked him up in a van once. Well, it turns out Billy Crystal had probably had the shittiest night of his amazing life and didn't really know how to react. So... Him getting mad because some stoned driver can't figure out where the restaurant is. This is, is Aspen? Yeah, it's okay. not a big deal. I, right. I shouldn't have been upset with that. Like, my redemption was that I watched every episode of The Comedians. I was like, I like Billy Crystal again. But so he, got, he was just, he was just, didn't, he was short he wanted with to have me. nothing to do with you? It's, again, it wasn't like, I, I, over, I was like, I, I walked away from that going, well, that guy can eat a bag of dick. You know what right, I mean? Like, right. I walked away well, What made away you from change that. your mind? I grew up, and I was like, "There's, the, we all have bad days, man." Yeah. So he was mad, like. So you just reflected on it, basically. Yeah. I basically, you can't hold people accountable for one second of action unless, no. uh, right. in, in an exchange unless like that, unless it's Scott Bayo, unless it's Scott Bayo or Brock Turner or you know another piece of human garbage. Is that but, Facebook page for real? Have you seen the Facebook page on that? Mm -mm. There's the, the, there's some Facebook page that supposedly is affiliated with loosely affiliated with his family and supportive of him and just. Just trashing the the woman and just trashing everybody affiliated with trying to take him down, and even if it's sarcasm, I think those wounds are too Oof. open, and it, I just don't think that. Yeah, I mean, if you're I defending that guy, you're a piece of human garbage. Yeah, and even if you're doing it as satire, I just no, think that's, it's just no, it's, no it's too inappropriate there. because there's no well, and the, it, you you can't tell. It's 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 not like the Onion where you flat out know. Well, some people. Well, but when, you know what I'm saying. When yeah. you read The Onion, yes. you realize that the satire is also simultaneously an attack on ignorance. So then you kind of you, you, you get it. They, but they've mastered that art form because they've been doing it so long. Yeah. Um, so going back to the Scott Bayo thing, I don't. Was he always like that? I don't. Or know. is this just an all of a sudden like I what? How do you get to the point where like you are so blinded where you actually think that? After eight years, that somehow or another the president of the United States is 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 who you think he is, and that he's about to do this Tada act. If the guy was seriously who you said he was, why would he why would he even put in any more time than he needed to? It's and that you know what I mean. Like completely look at it from a rational standpoint. But that's the thing. Nothing Trump says is rational. Nothing no, Scott Baio. But, yeah, okay, but Scott okay. Baio supports. Like you know what you know what his posts say. You should go look at his timeline and his Twitter feed because it's really funny. He'll show a picture of Donald Trump's plane. He'll go, Trump flew to his rally in a plane he owns, and then he'll show another plane. He'll go, Hillary flew to a plane the taxpayers bought, and it's like, um, what? Okay. Yeah. And did you see what came out today about where the the is that that Trump spent uh, six point nine million dollars last month and where the money went? Where did it go? Uh, it it paid off every single one of his businesses that he used while he was running to be the to the 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 nominee for the Republican Party. So he's not a good businessman. But my, my, <laughs> he's not. A no, smart. he's a great businessman if you think about it because <laughs> well, he just still reimbursed got money his, in his pocket. He just put the money into his own business. It's genius. But I mean, anybody who's been bankrupt, that goes like files chapter eleven, like that kind of shit, like losing businesses. That's not smart. So I guess point being, um, every once in a while there are. I guess there are. There is some some actors you probably should avoid, like the play. <laughs> yeah, I mean, when you, you go to a party. Yeah, that's the thing is if you if, if we're under attack. Five okay, six years ago, if I would have run into Scott Bayo at a party, I'd have been like, dude, Happy Days is literally one of my all time favorite shows. Can I get a photo? And I would have a photo with Scott Bayo right now, probably somewhere online. Yeah. And then I'd have to be like, I'm regretting it. Yeah. I want to troll the guy. I don't usually do that, yeah. but I want to just be like, it's pointless. You have to understand. I want to be like, Scott Bayo, are you mad because Joni Love Chachi got canceled? What are it's, you mad the at? The trolling is funny with extreme people, but you're never going to change their mind. That's the sad no, but, part of it. But that, that's fine. But when they respond, that's the hilarious part to me. They're yeah. so simple minded that he's like, literally, somebody was like, he's, he's accusing Obama on Fox News of 
being a Muslim whose plan is to take down America from the inside. He says these things out loud. Yeah. Then someone goes, they start accusing him of things. And he's like, never, ever assume. I will sue you. I, I know all your information. And it's like, you're a crazy motherfucker. You just did that just exact did, yeah. thing on national Zero television. proof. And you're a, a celebrity who people might actually listen to. Yeah. I don't know why, but they might. So like <laughs> me, I'm going to harass you online and you're going to say you're going to sue me because I can't assume that you're a crackhead who like sells crack to people and you b- beat children. I can say whatever I want about you if I feel like it. On that note, I will tell you, this has been a great experience sitting here, hanging out. That's at, been uh, fantastic, man. Um, Ooh, looks like the a, kids are leaving the field. Yeah, that's why, that's why we're going to wrap it up. Uh, the kids are the done. Kids home. The kids get to meet their last famous baseball player of the day. That's what they do at the end here. Who do they meet? Do they, uh, we do don't know? know. It's always a surprise. Now, do I? can I walk in there and pretend I'm a child? Uh, you could go down there and pretend that you're um, um, I, Turner. I'm Brock Turner. Can no, I, no, not I'm Brock. I'm Brock Turner, the rapist. I'm no. Justin Turner, Justin the Turner. third baseman yeah. for the... Yep. You could go down there and pretend. And, uh, How you doing, kids, Justin Turner, everybody? The kid's are like, boo, you're yeah, fat. Yeah. <laughs> what happened? Is he wearing Spanx? You hit a home run the other day. What happened to you? With Spanx on? So um, that's it. I think this is really cool. This is a yeah. very, very fun and unique experience. Oh, we'll put I was it, we'll able put to bring my job. I was able to still do my job. Uh, as, and, as a dad, and, and, well, and 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 as a podcaster, oh, I, you're really a considering this the job? Yeah, this is part of the. But able to do it, this is what you do. You're, yeah. You know, we went remote. We did something we did, fun, and we've unique. never done this really remote no. thing, have we? But thanks for listening. Hopefully, you weren't too bored from all of it. And uh, sorry for name dropping. Yeah, any, no, any I'm apologies. Not. No, I think that was I'm great. Uh, go Cubs, go Dodgers. Thank you for listening to Hollywood Anonymous. Don't forget to follow us on Twitter at Hollywood Anani. That is short for Hollywood Anonymous. You can also follow John individually at John Huck and myself, Brian Irwin, at Brian Irwin on Twitter as well. Both of us can be found on Facebook. You can also Google us and contact us directly, HollywoodAnonymousGuys at gmail.com. Thank you again so much for listening, and please don't forget to subscribe. 